I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Got my pockets full of dreams and they're busting at the seams Going boom, boom, boom to my own song Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse. This is a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that make us all feel encouraged. Want to hear what makes these women passionate to get up in the morning? Or what maybe they wish they'd known a little bit earlier in their lives? Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. All I gotta do is count one, two, three to my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't nothing on me because I'm doing my thing and I hold the key to all my wants. I'm really excited to have women who come on this podcast and have honest, open, and conversations that um, really make them incredibly vulnerable. But on this particular episode, I want you to be aware that um, our guest does talk about some incidences that happened to her in her youth and um, and they're they're disturbing and they are awful things to happen to a young woman and um, and to an adolescent and um, she talks about them openly and, and gets a, a little bit graphic of, of what has happened and it involves um, some bullying and then it involves some sexual assault and um, just areas that are not comfortable topics. So I wanted you to be aware of that. I, I hope that you understand that this podcast is a safe place for the guest to just open up and talk. Talking to a very energetic young lady. And I cannot wait to introduce her. Caitlin Nickdow is on with us today. And um, welcome, Caitlin. Hello. <laughs> I am excited to have you. So, Caitlin, um, as you were talking about your name, you related it to Kapow and, and then your fighting name because you are in jiu-jitsu in, in martial arts um, yes. is Killer K. So, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Kate, how would somebody who knows you, either professionally or personally, introduce you? What would they tell me about you? Hmm. <laughs> well, I would think that they would say I'm a pretty fun, energetic person. I like to think that as well. Um, but whenever it like comes to training, I'm very like, huh? like um, you know pretty pretty aggressive you know so it's that's always been like the funny funny thing about me like with training and me as a person like I I think I'm a very sweet person um but whenever it comes to training I'm very very aggressive (laughs) in fact my my teammates at the gym and coaches um at at Miller Martial Arts they call me mini pit bull (laughs) 
because I say I just like to to keep going. So <laughs> yeah, that's a compliment. I mean, when yes. you're talking about um, what you are in with the mm-hmm. martial arts, if right. you don't have that kind of spirit, mm-hmm. are you even are you successful, or is it just a different sure. track that For you sure. go on? Mm-hmm. For sure, I I definitely take it seriously, um, which is why a lot of people think it's um, a crazy dynamic how I can be very sweet off the mats and then on the mats. It's a completely different person, um, but I think that just amplifies. I think me being on the mat just kind of amplifies kind of like the fire that's in me. And, um, you know, I love what I do. So why not be happy? I think that's where you find that balance where, you know, because if if I'm aggressive all the time or or anything of that nature all the time, then I don't know, for me personally, I just won't have that balance. But when I'm on the mats, being an aggressive person and off the mats being like, more, you know, just be myself, a happy person. I'm a very happy person. I think that's how I, how I find that little, you know, balance and it works out well for me, you know? So, yeah. So how did you find your way onto the mat? What drew you towards that? Okay. So a little bit about me. Um, when I was younger, I was actually a professional figure skater. <laughs> um, yeah. And my dad did jujitsu, um, he did some Muay Thai and stuff. He didn't get to fight in Muay Thai because he was, um, he was in the military, but growing up, um, I, in my high school years, I got bullied a lot. Um, there was, uh, there was a video of like, I was just in a really bad position where, um, multiple guys that there were just some sexual harassment things that that happened that took place there was a video that was um that was taken and a year later um they had blackmailed me and they ended up exposing the videos uh it was one video they ended up exposing the video and i remember the way it happened was there was a messenger app um a long time ago and they I remember I was, I was at church. It was like right before I went to church actually. And I saw my message. There was like uh, my phone. There was like a bunch of um, messages being sent. And it was just a bunch of guys from different schools. And I kind of looked at it and I I was like, okay, that's kind of weird because I was the only um, female in that group chat. So I ignored it, you know, kept thinking about it. And after, um, they were just kind of saying like, oh, well, she's not replying and this and this and this exposing, you know, different, different women in that group chat. And they said, okay, that's fine. We have something on you tomorrow. I didn't know what they were talking about. Um, and the next day I go to school as in high school. And um, I remember that after leaving first period, walking to second period, it was like in the movies, how everybody just snickers and points and stuff like that. And I didn't know what was going on. And um, I remember there's this, there's this kid that came up to me and he said, I don't know if you know what's going on, but um, there's this video of you going around. And I didn't know what it was. And he said, if I were you, I would go to the police office. So that's exactly what I did in the school. I went to the police office and um, they already knew about it and they had showed me the video 
and it's very blurry, very faint. Um, but um, you could honestly, you couldn't really tell it was me. But the guys that were that were involved, um, you know, it was it just sucked. <laughs> it was just going. Sounds it just like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just really sucked. And I remember like in that moment, I was like, yeah, this is this is it. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know what to do from here. It just felt very like numbing, you know, like my friends, my family, what are they thinking of me? This whole school, you know, if you didn't know, I'm from Killeen, Texas, Fort Hood and um, largest army base. And um, it's not really, it's not really the safest area. Um, But the school that I went to was also not like the safest school as well. So um, being blackmailed like that and being involved in a situation like that was very scary because the situation happened a year prior and I had to, I didn't really remember all that happened. And so I kind of had to be on my toes a bit, not really, you know, I just didn't know who knew about anything and, and whatnot. So, um, a year later when his, it's like my worst nightmare, you know, it ha- mm. actually happened kind of like my worst nightmare and it actually happened. Then, um, I remember I called my mom, she had came in the guys that were involved in the group chat because they were from different schools. The other guys had gotten taken care of, um, you know, from those schools, but the guys that were involved in my school, they had called them in the office, the police office. And I was in the back and, um, you know, they had lied about it. It was a whole, it was a whole thing, you know, it was a whole process and they wouldn't let me go to school for, for a while. Um, because the bullying was really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was so bad. Like people were, um, when I would walk home, people would throw eggs at me. Um, people, oh. yeah, it was so bad. Like people would throw eggs at me, the screenshots of the video, they would print it, put it in my locker. Um, it was just bad. It was, so, it was literally like, one. yeah, it was literally like the movies. And, um, I remember that, uh, yeah, I couldn't go to school for a long time. And I just did not want to go to school, but, um, my home life was, my parents were going through a divorce. So that was rough as well. So I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to go to school. And it was just a really, really dark time for me. And, um, you know, growing up, I think I was, I had a good head on my shoulders growing up. I I felt like I had a good head on my shoulders. I was always busy staying active, but, um, yeah, when that happened, I was like, well, this is, this is over. I was always known as the girl that like was gonna do good and be successful and stuff like that with, with me doing a lot of, um, activities. Well, um, it was a really dark hole and I realized like, I didn't want to live that way anymore. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I didn't want to live that way anymore. And I didn't really have, I I learned who my real friends were and who my (laughs) my, you know, who wasn't. And those who have stuck with me by my side, um, very, very few, very few, um, you know, they've supported me along this journey, but I, I ended up joining the wrestling team. Um, I knew my dad did jujitsu. Um, and I was like, okay, well, let me join the wrestling team and see what's going on. I joined the wrestling team and, um, that was like the best decision I've ever made to get me started on this, um, this journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, wrestling, yeah. <laughs> wrestling in the MMA world coming from that is, um, yes. and they probably don't expect that coming out of you. Yes, for when sure. When you get on a mat. Yes. Oh yeah. And that, that's been a journey as well. Um, when I first started, I didn't really know, um, I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't know objective. I didn't know anything. I just knew that maybe this is what I need and not yeah. in the aspect of like, um, um, not in the aspect of like the aggression, like needing to blow off some steam, but in, in the matters of just needing to find some interaction and some support, maybe being a part of a team would, would help me out a lot because even in figure skating, that is a, is a pretty lonely sport. It's competition. It's very, you know, um, independent and all the, the community of that can be very like sneaky and you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, yeah. And so with that, um, I found a team that kind of, you know, that really supported me and don't get me wrong. When I first joined, there was some judgment going on as well because oh, of the yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But, um, one of my really good friends, um, Harmony, um, Harmony, she, she was the one that kind of told me, told them like, you know, she's here for a reason and, you know, let's not put her down. Um, yeah. but I like to thank one of my good friends, uh, Robert Hall, uh, his Instagram's master scrambler. <laughs> and, um, he was, he was the one that like was really patient with me throughout my years of wrestling and, um, taught me how to do my first sprawl, <laughs> taught me how yeah. to do all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and my co- coach Soloff and, um, coach divine, like they're, you know, they've, they've really helped me out. And so wrestling, um, I had like a, an email from Iowa to join, uh, at Waldorf college, but (laughs) during off season of wrestling, I joined, um, jujitsu and the day after I did a Naga tournament, it was, it was so exciting because I was, I, I like won undefeated that tournament. I went to the gym and I was just relaxing and sitting there and this guy, he, uh, he didn't, he didn't have a partner. And at that time where I was training at before they were in transition of changing coaches, like changing the gym. Um, my old coach had ended up moving for like a better offer or something like that. But apparently this guy, he got kicked out, um, a year ago or something like that. And he was like injuring people. And when we had rolled, um, he like my knee got caught with his like this and my ACL just, just snapped. Like, oh, it, God. yeah, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> in practice. Um, yeah. At practice, not even <laughs> intending to roll. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I ended up not going to Iowa when I heard the news. I was like, Oh, this, this sucks. I was like, now what, you know, obviously started crying and, um, Luckily I was able to have surgery, but, um, I ended up just helping like coach and being the wrestling manager at my, my school. Um, so it was really cool, but it just sucked because I always worried, like, you know, if I was going to be able to wrestle like how I used to or Mm -hmm. anything of that nature. But, um, after wrestling, I learned that, well, even prior to that, I really wanted to get into mixed martial arts and it just sucked because right when I was getting into that, it got pulled right back down. And I was like, yeah. man, I was like, it just won't let me be great. <laughs> so, 
All right. Yeah. Well, I want to pause you before we go okay. further into the story. Yeah. And I want to back up. Yeah. I, I have been so overwhelmed by the bullying that I hear right. and that, that girls have gone through and, right. and I'm just astounded yeah. that that happens and, and that it's not so far off from what you see right. in a movie or a, a mean girls show or right. something like that. So right. that is astounding, but a lot of people that that may have had that same experience would have crawled under a rock or right. ended it. They they right. couldn't handle that. Right. What gave you the tenacity to be right. able to go? I don't want to be treated like this or live like this. Right. Um. I I won't lie to you. Um. Yeah. That was like I said. It was a really dark hole, and um man, it was so draining, so draining. And let me just say this too. Um, I also, let me start with this. The whole reason why I fight is I fight for those who can't. Okay. That's my main, that's my mantra. That's, that's one of the words of the, of the month from Miller Martial Arts ethos, right? That's my thing. I fight for those who can't a lot of, not just for women, but men too go, uh, men go through that stuff as well, you know, sexual harassment and it leads to bullying and people don't speak out with that. And, um, you feel alone, you feel very, it's scary because when it initially happened, I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know what to say. And, um, man, like during that time, it was, it was such a bad situation. Um, am I able to go into a little a detail? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. If you, need to, if you need to edit it out, that's okay. No, I would like for you to share as much as you will, because I think that one of our big problems is people yeah. don't share the honesty. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. Um, I was supposed to be picked up to go to, um, the mall to see my friend. Um, well, actually, let me backtrack a little bit more. There was a teacher at, uh, at my high school and I was in band. Okay. I was on the drum line and I was in band since like the sixth grade. I was like in the drum line. I played the snare drum and we had something called sectionals, which was whatever section you were in in band, you would have like a private, you know, class for those uh, people. So this, this, this guy, um, he was like a younger, um, younger teacher. I was going to say coach. <laughs> he was a younger teacher and, um, he was in charge of the drumline, uh, team. And I remember he told me about sectionals on a specific day. This was in the summer. Okay. Um, summer of my sophomore year. And he said there was going to be, uh, sectionals for drumline this time, this day. And then, um, in the group messenger, we had a, we had a group message, uh, for all of us in there. Um, cause not everybody had a phone, you know what I mean? So, we're right. in high school. so I remember I was there, I walked there and then the, the, I was waiting to go inside. I saw like one truck and, uh, I messaged everybody. I was like, Hey, where's everybody at? And even I was running like a little behind and they said, we, they, he, he didn't say we had sectionals today, but prior to that, a lot of people had said he was kind of like, like hitting on me and like making remarks. So with how it was seemed, it was almost as if he, um, I don't know what his intention was, but nobody else was there. And, 
he ended up getting fired. And I remember being called into the AP's office like months later on and kind of having to tell them what I knew about him and everything like that and spill the beans. And in God, fact, others, your heart. how old yeah. are you at this point? Um, I turned 24 in like a couple days of February 12th. That's when I turned 24. Okay. Yeah. And so you were what? 17. <laughs> um, or- at the time, at the time um, I was 15. Yeah. Wow. Well, my sophomore year, I was 14. When the whole thing happened, um, I was 15. It was like my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so with that being said, uh, even others, like I knew there was a problem when others like went to the AP's office for me and I didn't even know. And they were like, this is what we're kind of reporting. We noticed this and noticed that. And so out of that situation, I asked my friends, um, I asked one of my friends if he could pick me up because sophomore year, you know, not everybody has a car. Yeah. And so I knew one of my friends that had a car and I trusted him. Okay. And he said, okay, we'll be there. And when they had picked me up, like, you know, there were, there were multiple guys in the car. And I remember like, it, it just didn't, it didn't sit right with me, but got in the car thinking I'm just going to get dropped off. And me being young, I was vulnerable I didn't really know what was going on and uh we we drive and like as I'm sitting in the car I'm in the middle seat that was already kind of like a kind of a weird thing for me you know why am I in the middle seat if I was the last one to get in the car there were two guys next to me they were playing with guns and stuff like that and you know I just I just kind of was scared I was just I just kind of kept quiet and was like okay uh all right just get dropped off and that's it well we ended up going to um, a subdivision that was pretty new, still getting built. And yeah, it was a long dirt road and it was a new subdivision. So I didn't really know exactly where I was at, but I saw the name of the subdivision. And uh, as we go there, we're at a, at a house and I remember it was a two-story house and we're in the driveway. They get out the car, they go in, they said, we're going to get something real quick. We'll be back. I'm waiting in the car. It's Texas. It's in the summer. It's hot. Um, I'm waiting for a really long time. And they say, do you, do you want to come inside? So I'm just waiting. I said, no, I'll be okay. And then because I was in there for so long, I ended up going inside. So um, I went in there and then, um, you know, I was, I remember getting a Capri Sun and it finished it, but, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, things could have been resealed, you know? Um, but, but I remember being upstairs and there were, there were, uh, there were two guys that were involved. And then when that happened, like, I remember look, cause we were in the second floor. I look out the, the window and, uh, that's where you can see the driveway. Okay. And the room was like a little kid's room. So I knew it was a, I knew it was a kid's room because it had a lot of kids shoes in it. And the room was kind of uh, set up like a kid's room and looking down, I saw the driveway and I remember like looking outside, like not looking outside the window, but kind of like looking. And then I said, what's going on? And then they ended up like running and um, actually backtracking a little bit. Sorry. I talk You're about this. 
but like it was a rough time so I really you know had a hard time like accepting it um but as they were doing their their thing uh I remember looking at the door there was a guy that like stuck his hand in and started recording and then I I like I remember getting up trying to like reach and stop it and the video like it fast forward to the video being exposed that's when the video cut but backtracking to the actual situation that's when the guys got up and then they left and I look outside of the the window and they get in the car and drive off okay and um in that situation I couldn't find my phone I couldn't find my clothes they basically robbed me I couldn't find anything um and I remember grabbing like like a shirt or something because I knew there were people in there. Uh, there were people in the garage like smoking and then there were people just sitting on the couch. But I remember going downstairs. This is in the afternoon. You know what I mean? On a random, random day out of the week. And I go, I go downstairs and there's a guy. And I said, I said, where? what is going on? You know what I mean? Where, where they go. And I'm vulnerable at this point, just looking for someone to just help me. And he was, he seemed very comforting at the time for me. Uh, we go upstairs and he takes me to this room. It's like the master bedroom and there's a shower in there. And I remember he got the shower ready and he said, just take a shower. Just, you know, I think you need to just take a moment for yourself. Right. And me being, me being young at the time and vulnerable at that moment, especially I was like, I was putting trust into this guy, you know? And, uh, and then he tried to, he tried to make his attempt as well. Uh, so then I remember kind of like, like pushing him. I was like, get off me, get off me. And then, uh, I go to the room my mind is like everywhere at this point. And then I go uh, to the kid's room and the this other guy, which was actually the one that was my friend, I didn't know where he was at. Apparently he was getting ready for work. Okay. And we, we go in there and I trusted him. He didn't, apparently he didn't know what happened. Okay. And so I basically told him what happened and, uh, you know, I told him what happened and he, he was trying to help, help me find my stuff. And then, uh, he ended up, he ended up raping me as well. Goodness. Yeah. So a bad day going really, really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he ended up raping me as well. And I remember finding this white t-shirt and I just grabbed it, put it on, and ran downstairs. And I locked myself in the bathroom. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was like, what do I do? I don't even know where I'm at. I don't have clothes. <laughs> like, what is going on? And the way where, like, the bathroom was located by the garage door. Um, and there was a laundry laundry area literally right next door. Like, as soon as you open the door, there's a laundry area. I hear my ringtone. So what is going on? So I remember I didn't hear footsteps from upstairs, 
you know, I just kind of had to play the scenario. I didn't hear footsteps. Maybe if I just grab it real quick while it's ringing, um, I can lock the bathroom again. So I do that. I grab it. It was in a shoe. It was tucked in a shoe and it was cracked. So cracked to the point I had to push the screen down, you know, and back then iPhones weren't like how they were now. Like you could still push the screen out. So um, I remember pushing the screen in, just trying to call everyone. And I don't know why I didn't call my mom. I don't know why I call. I didn't call 911. I was scared. I was scared. A lot of people said, why don't you just do this? But well, at that moment, you just want to get out. You just want to get out. And you're, I'm scared. I don't know if they're going to kill me. I don't know what's going to happen because um, these are people that I know. So, uh, so with that being said, I go down my list, called some people from my band team and band band thing in school. Um, but one of the guys that I went to middle school with, um, I'm not going to say his name for his protection as well. Um, he stayed on the phone with me and I remember he was getting ready to go to work and he said, stay on the phone, just stay on the phone with me. And my phone was like dying, like, like I had 10% left or something like that. And I said, just, just, you know, I just need to get out of here, get out of here, please pick me up. And he, he like, he was, we weren't so far out of the area that remember I said it was a dirt road, new subdivision. Yeah. That like there was no way I could wait for him. So he said, just grab your stuff and go. Just grab anything. Uh, and I had a long shirt, long t-shirt, put it on. And I remember the bathroom was here, had to curve around and go out the front door. And I remember I kept hearing knocking in my door and it was like, come out of the bathroom, come out of the bathroom. And he was trying, the guy who, who raped me at the end, he tried to, um, he tried to console me and try to make me feel better. Said, you know, come out, come out the bathroom. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. Whatever, whatever. I said, uh, you know, get away and all that stuff. And I didn't hear anything. And at that point, I, said, I just need to go. I just need to get out of here. I got out, ran. And in that subdivision, I learned how world, uh, how, how, how much colder the world can be because I've asked so many people for help. I had blood on my shirt. Um, nobody wanted to help me. Oh. Uh, there were families that like were getting uh, like groceries out of their car, telling the uh, the kids like, "Go inside, go inside," you know, "Go inside." I'm asking for help. No one wanted to help me, and my friend just said, "Go on the." Uh, he said, go, go, just run, just run, run to the nearest thing that you can find. And I remember the, the long dirt road. I didn't even know which direction to go. <laughs> and I said, I'm just going to keep going, keep going. And he said, what do you see? What do you see? And I told him, and we ended up meeting at an elementary school. So I'm over here with a bloody white shirt in front of a, an elementary school, you know, like just in a really bad state he picked me up and on the way as I'm uh, walk running to the place the guy who raped me at the end like drove by and said get in the car like get in the car get in the car you don't want to get in the car he's like you know talking talking mess to me and 
Um, I said, no, you know, no, no, no. And he ended up like, you know, saying his fair share of words and I'm still going. And he, my friend that stayed on the phone, he picks me up, we get in the car. And I remember that's when it hit me. I didn't have time to like let this stuff process when I was there, but that's when it hit me. When he had asked if I was okay, that's when I started crying. He took me home before he went to work. And, um, when he dropped me off home, uh, I remember he kept following up with me and asking if I was okay. But, um, I just, I, I thank him for, you know, for being there for me because I don't know where I would have been. Um, if he didn't, he didn't save me (laughs) out of that situation. Um, but yeah, those, that that took some strength to face the next days. Yeah. So did yeah. you go down the legal routes or did no. you just, you just processed was, it by yourself? I was scared. Oh. Scared because the people that were involved, I didn't want to get, I didn't want to get killed. I didn't want to get, you know, everybody was so connected where I was from. There's gangs, there's, you know, there's all that stuff. Um, and those people that are involved, I don't know who they are connected to. You know yeah. what I mean? I say yeah. something, it's scary. So I didn't say anything to anyone, really. I didn't say anything to my mom. I didn't say anything to, I didn't, I didn't tell the police. I didn't tell any anyone anything, um, which I kind of got mad at myself, you know, about that uh, later on when the yeah. blackmail stuff happened. Um, but at the end of the day, what was done is done. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what was done was done. I, I couldn't take that back. And every day I lived with like the fear of, Oh my God, people are going to know, people are going to know what, you know, people are going to know. They probably told people already. Um, and they, you know, they stripped me of my stuff. So I didn't really, you know, I didn't know where to go from there. So, yeah. uh, fast forward, with that, that thing that happened a year later, uh, it was my junior year, uh, beginning of my junior year. It wasn't even a new year yet. I remember that. So my junior year, uh, when the police kind of found out, like, all the information, the guys were only arrested for literally, like, two months for statutory rape. Because mm. at the time, I was underage. So, yeah. Um, even with consent, it's still statutory rape. So yeah. yeah, you know, and I've seen these people in public after that. Yeah. And that was a, that was an eye opener to, to really tell me how strong I was. I've, I've seen them multiple times, you know, but and one of them has a daughter now, which is crazy. Uh, you know, but, but in that situation, um, Man, it was so dark, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I've had uh, I've had thoughts. I've definitely had thoughts, and people. I feel like that's something people don't talk about. You know, yeah. um, a lot of people have made attempts, and it's it's so sad when you find out things are too late because you don't know what people are going through. Yeah. Um, um, Especially when you're bubbly, happy. Yeah. Um, and, and you're able to kind of, kind of go forward. So let me, let me take you a little bit further in, into your life and, and say, okay, you have had just 
a ton happen that a lot of us don't have happen. We don't have to face those kind of things. Right. You've channeled some of that into being who you are today. Right. Now, jump to your MMA life and to your being killer K. I mean, if you'd had some of those skills uh-huh. at that time, yeah, you, you think you could have defended and you think you would have been a little more courageous. For sure. I, mean, I know you can't look at right. exactly situations, but, right, right. but I mean, you've taken a whole new persona of for who sure. you are. For sure. For sure. Um, yes, for sure. Um, I definitely, <laughs> I know I would have like, I would have definitely not ended up in a deeper situation, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's why I push it a lot towards, I push mixed, I push just martial arts in general towards um, everyone, because I think it's good to not even, not even the self-defense aspect, but just the confidence aspect or being aware of your surroundings. I, I wouldn't have probably gotten the car. I probably just would have read it. Like this doesn't sit right. I wouldn't have even gotten in there. And even with my coach or oh, not coach, <laughs> my teacher at the school, um, I probably would have read the room as well and would have been like, okay, this is, this, this is not right. And if he was to attempt anything, um, physically, I would have known like how to at least defend myself to where I can just get out of that situation, you know? Um, yeah, but even translation, not physically mentally is a, is a, is a big thing too. So. Yeah, the, my kids tell me that anytime they're involved in, and in, in one of the reasons that they like um, jujitsu and, and the MMA world is that it spills into every aspect of their lives. Yes. It makes every aspect rise up and, and be better. So sure. you find that as well? Uh, yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like in everything that I do, um, you know. Miss martial arts, martial arts in general is not, is not just a hobby of mine. And I tell people this, it's a lifestyle. They say, oh, well, you, you know, you, how does it feel whenever you go to training or, or uh, this and this and this and this? And I said, that's, that's my lifestyle. Everything translates. It all leads together. The way, um, the way I eat or take care of myself or whatever, not saying I eat the cleanest all the time, you know, I like to, that's the balance part, right? Um, but I do make sure like the discipline, the discipline, um, that's a big thing. And, uh, it definitely has made me grown as a person. Um, and I think that's why I grew up so like grew up the way I did too, because one, that was that situation that happened to me was such a turning point. I learned I had to, I really had to grow up and like, just come out of the shell. And to answer your question earlier, the way I got out of that was I had hit rock bottom. And when I had attempted to, you know, different times, um, yeah, when I had attempted those things, um, I was like, this, this has, this has to change. And it's weird because I thought of, uh, thought of my grandma a lot. My grandma, she was with me since the, the day I was born. Her husband uh, passed away when my mom was four. So she was, you know, she came to the U.S. with my family and she took care of me. And 
at the time, the relationship with my mom wasn't the best. And I was staying with her. My father was deployed. Uh, no, he was contracting at the time. So he wasn't even in the U.S. And they were going through a divorce. But my grandma, um, I thought of her. And I don't think she knew. I don't, she, she, didn't, she didn't know uh, what happened growing up with, with me in that with that time but um I didn't want to show any hurt to her and I knew that if I was uh who if I was to take my life that would that would kill her you know that would yeah yeah so so she's more your anchor point yeah of um bringing you back to where you can start again Right. right which plays a big role um you know, as we talk further about like, like my career and stuff like that. Um, yeah, she plays a, she plays a, a role and I didn't realize it until like later on, but yeah, she plays a, she plays a big role and impact in my life. Um, so yeah, she's, she's definitely taking care of me, but, but yeah, um, the, the situation that happened, like the bullying and all that stuff, like, people don't think about the smaller details, right? Like, yeah, you get bullied and stuff, but you got to think about, think about this. Like after that, my reputation was ruined. Okay. And it was hard for me to trust guys again. Not, not even in the sense of, um, like not even in a sense of like attraction, but in the sense of just, even if they liked me for, for who I was and not because of like the the aspect that they made me seem like I was and when I would when a guy would talk to me and and then try to you know get in my pants and I would say no they would still lie and say they did it anyways and that sucked because then like it ruined my reputation more and more and more and even as of the last couple of years that's when I that's when I that's actually when I started to like kind of pulled back a little bit and was like, okay, maybe people do, you know, like me for me. Um, but it was hard for me to trust people's intentions. And I didn't know if they were trying to play the long game and maybe just try to get in my pants or just want something from me. Um, when I would go to public places, I felt like I was always being judged and felt like people knew something of me that they weren't saying. So that stuff can translate to your everyday life. And it's hard. Like sometimes when I'm in public now, I'm in a whole different state, but even in Texas, even here, there's certain times like, I'm like, I don't know what they know. Have they seen the video? Have they seen this? Do they know who I am? Um, and that's scary. That's really scary. You know? So I can't even imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we all have that, um, that sense that somebody knows something different about us or they have a smile on their face, but maybe that's not what they really mean. Right. But you take it to a real literal level and yeah. you felt like that, that, and, and it has been true for you. And so I, I imagine that is kind of one of those shadows that you, you could possibly constantly have to for deal sure. with, but now you can look at them and in the back of your mind, think, I could beat you up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually told someone the other day. Well, I told my good friends out here, uh, my best friends out here. I said, um, I don't like to use the term survivor 
or victim. Um, I use the term fighter because that's what I am. And I know this made me who I am and everybody's situation makes them who they are. Right. Um, everybody's life is sounds so, so simple. Everybody's life makes them who they are, um, which I'll get back to that. Um, but, but I know that that is not going to go away. I know that I can't just vanish, you know, make it go away. Um, but it made me who I am. Yeah. Like I just, I love my life and why not, why not be happy while you're living it? Right. I tell people, if you're going to do stuff, that sucks. <laughs> Why not be happy while doing it? You're going to have to do it anyways. So same thing with life, the, your mind and word of word of mouth is so popular, uh, so popular, so strong. Okay. So if, if you tell yourself, Oh, today's, today's going to be a bad day. Your mind is going to believe that. If you tell yourself, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. You're, you're, you're already taking the first step to having a good day. You know, even if it, even if it's bad, <laughs> tell yourself, it's still good. And every day um, on my phone, um, I have this app and it's called three good things. And I write three good things that happened that day. And it just kind of keeps me grounded. Um, uh, and so like it all made sense when later on tapping into like the, the energy side, spiritual side of things. Um, it all made sense because I realized I was, already kind of finding my sense of, uh, my form of like meditation grounding just by doing that alone, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I just well, try to be light for people. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you first started talking, I mean, you were talking about, um, heading to church. And so I was going to ask you, yeah. um, what's your spiritual side? I mean, a lot, a lot of yeah. times there are things that ground us and people that ground right. us and, a spiritual nature that grounds us. So where, where do you fall on that spectrum? Um, I, I'm a Christian, you know, I believe in God. Um, I believe there is a higher being. Um, and yeah, so that's basically the gist of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's, it sounds so crazy, but, um, like when, when my grandma passed, uh, you know, like I said, she would visit me all the time. And I actually, you know, my, everybody has something called a spirit guide. You can Google this. Okay. Your spirit guides are with you from the day you're born till the day you pass. Okay. Deceased loved ones can't, um, can't talk to you directly, but they can talk to your spirit guides and, um, they can, you know, kind of communicate. So when my grandma was passing, um, there was, uh, there, like I said, she would always visit me. She would always make things fall. She would always like, this was stuff that was hers and like her song would play out of nowhere. Like it was stuff like that. It was scary because I didn't know what was going on, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, um, she kind of told me like, it, it's going to be okay. It was one of those. And so I just kind of, kind of, you know, it felt, it felt very warm to me. It wasn't like anything bad. And, um, when she had passed, like, you know, I always felt like a sense of always being safe. Like someone was always watching over me. I think she's kind of like a, a guardian angel to me, 
you know? So yeah. 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 Well, she certainly has made you make decisions. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Some that have been very positive. I mean, you're still here yeah. and that's sure. part of her, her influence. So bring me to, to your career and how does all of this play in what you're, you're doing career wise? Let's see. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. It's such a, it's been such a journey. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely- Which I think is one thing that's kind of interesting is that um, there are a lot of times you could have thrown your hands up and quit. Yeah. And so the journey and the journey of who you have become, uh-huh. and it seems, you know, though we don't like the negative, it interplays into who you are and what yeah. you're doing today and your attitudes today. So, yeah, yeah. Go down that if you can. Of yeah. Wise. Yeah. Um- I say I'm very resilient. We'll go with that, which is actually sponsors resilient. (laughs) Yeah. Resilient fight, uh, fight company. But yeah, they, uh, those, those situations, like they've, what I've taken from that, like I said, I'm a fighter, right. Survivor, victim, uh, no matter what happens, I'm going to push through it. I will get over it. I will, um, I will get over that hurdle that goes for training. Um, when I was at my old gym in Texas, one time there was a really crazy class that we, not crazy class, but it was a really tough, uh, morning practice. And, um, I remember like, I just, my, my coach was like, you dig deep, dig, dig deep. And at the time, like, I was training under him, um, but I, his name is Crew Kasib, and I didn't know, like, like we were still fairly new to each other, right? I was probably training under him maybe like two months, and he had asked me. He said he he didn't even he didn't even know why I was there. Okay, he knew I wanted to train, if I, but he didn't know much about me, and I was the only female there at the time training, and I remember he. I was just punching the bag and there's, there's pictures of it actually with me crying. He said, why do you fight? Why do you fight? And I just started bawling and I was just punching. And at the end, he asked me why I cried. He said, why, why, why do you, why, why were you crying? He said, I just asked you why you fight. Why do you fight? And like I said, I fight for those who can't. And I remembered all my demons and all the things that I was facing and um trying to translate that I said this is just temporary pain this is temporary pain get over it you know like that's what that's what drives me even now yeah this sucks yeah you're out of breath yeah this this really sucks but you you're gonna get over it so that's what I tell myself all the time like from fight camps to just hard training sessions when your body doesn't doesn't feel right when you're hurt, when you're, when you're sore, you're sore because you put in the work you're sore now, but this is for the better of your body, your career, your whatever. Same thing with the transition of moving here. It sucked when I was leaving Texas. Uh, There was a lot of, there was some drama and all that stuff. And uh, which I guess we'll get to on how I got here to Georgia. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. How'd you get to Georgia? Let's go there. Okay. So a really good friend of mine, uh, you know, Moon. Yeah. Moon? <laughs> yeah. So we our very first podcast together. Uh, well, my very first podcast and his very first podcast. He did his um, under Matt Perlman um, for it was it was talking about like up and coming amateur fighters. Um, he was on there the same week I did, and then and then I think I went yeah I went towards the end of the week, and then he ended up following me on Instagram, and then we ended up just being really good friends. Uh, it's actually one of my really close best friends right now. And so, um, we He's would take, yeah, we would do these things called, uh, trancations. And so we would FaceTime all the time, but like the things that I would ask were st- the way we actually started like talking, talking was on his, on his, uh, page. He asked about like questions, like things you want to ask. And they talked to, I asked him, I said, how do you get over the nerves of fights? Cause I have nerves. Remember I told you like, even with people judging me, like I've always had like nerves. And so with that being said, we just kind of kept on like talking. So then, uh, one year for my birthday, we ended up like taking a traincation. We met um, pick a me up. Train-cation? Yeah, we call I love train- that word. Yeah. We call them trancations. So we would, we would meet, um, but he picked me up at the airport. It was so fast. Like, I remember I booked the ticket like at work, like it was just so fast. And we, it's funny because we called that trip, like no sleep because we got no sleep at all. And yeah. uh, we, he picked me up at the airport and in Atlanta at like 12 in the morning and then we had to drive to Tennessee and then I remember like we couldn't check into the hotel like later on that morning and we we, we had we were going to go to training that morning so we said he said do, do you mind if like do you want should we just sleep here and we like slept in the parking lot at the gym and like it was snowing in Tennessee and then like we couldn't go to sleep and so we ended up getting brunch early that morning and like got no sleep, but we trained at a, a KMAA in Tennessee in Knoxville. And then like we went to the hotel after brunch, went to go train that night and then like went to go train again another day, went to go watch some fights and then dropped me off like at like five in the morning. So then we <laughs> every year, like we ended up just kind of like making it a thing. Well, last year, um, last year, my, like I said, my birthday is around February, uh, February 12th. So it's two days before Valentine's day. Um, we were planning for me to come down, um, to Georgia on my birthday week, but we had a snowstorm in Texas that week. Um, so it sucked. Like it was so dangerous, but we were the only restaurant that was like open at the time I was managing at a restaurant called little Italy. And I couldn't go and I was really sad and uh, I was going to go to their Valentine's day. Like, uh, like it was like a exercise thing that they were doing like for self-defense. It just sucked. I was like, I didn't really get to do much for my birthday, you know? Um, but I remember I got, I got a call and he said, are you free from this day to this day? 
And I asked my boss, I was at work and he was like, yes, he owed me for me working during that time. Uh, So um, he booked me a ticket to come to Georgia. And so I came to Georgia last February, uh, like the week after my birthday. And I trained and I met Cole Miller, which is who I train under now. Um, It was so great. And I I trained um, and I loved it. And so what I did is I surprised Moon for his fight in April. And then I trained again. And then I made a lot of, I heard a lot of things in my ear about like moving, moving. They're like, oh, you should just move here. You should just move here. And I, I was like, I can't just drop everything in Texas. You know, like I'm training there. I have work there. Um, I originally was planning to move to Colorado in January. Okay. Uh, Sorry. I'm like all over the place, but (laughs) January, I was originally going to move to Colorado. My best friend lives there. She fights too. Uh, But I remember it's funny because Moon had called me one time. I guess I were really good friends and he called me. I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to move to Colorado. He said, okay. Like, okay, you're going to move. As soon as I got back, my car got broken into, and this is literally fresh off the airplane. My car got broken into, and I lost my job that night. That's how I started my managing job at the restaurant. So I was like, I need to reevaluate things and figure what's going on because maybe I'm not supposed to go to Colorado. Okay. Which is funny because then in April, when I came to train, um, I had talked to Cole and I thanked him for everything. Like one time after open, I was like, you know, thank you. He was like, what are you thanking me for? <laughs> I said, for, you know, allowing me to train with y'all. He was like, where are you going? I said, going back to Texas. He was like, why? <laughs> have you ever met Cole? He's yeah, I smiling. have. So I can yeah. hear the conversation. <laughs> yeah. He said, why are you, why are you going back to Texas? I said, I have work and, tra- and training. He said, why don't you just move here? And that's when it clicked. I said, huh, okay. And I could not stop thinking about it. So um, even when I was back in Texas, I had to do a lot of, uh, you know, reevaluating if this was something I really wanted to do. And I journal, I journal everything. And I bought a composition book specifically for, uh, for the move and pros and cons and everything like that. Job, potential job. I joined some groups on Facebook. I was like, Hey, if anyone's hiring, whatever. And, um, one of the, two of the families actually offered me like to stay with them. Like when I, when I came to visit April, they're like, well, yeah, we'll, we'll rent out your room. So I contacted them and I was like, Hey, were y'all being serious? You know what I mean? Like, so I actually ended up staying with, um, a family like I, <laughs> that trains at the gym. Um, yeah. anyways, I had everything like written out. I wrote to my future self because I knew it was not going to be easy. And within a month and a half, I dropped everything in Texas and just moved out here. My best friend flew from Colorado to Dallas and Dallas is like three hours away from where I'm at. We met in the middle at like one in the morning, drove back to Killeen and drove. We literally drove nonstop from oh, Texas. wow, to get here. It was, yeah, and then, yeah, so it was, there were a lot of sacrifices. Uh, I moved, uh, which is a big thing. Sacrifice is another thing, uh, answering your question earlier. To be, to be in something that you love and 
to be a mixed martial artist, to be a fighter and whatever you do, you got to make some sacrifices. And, uh, and so anyways, I dropped everything. I ended up staying with a family that trades at the gym, you know, shout out to Kay and Jovan. Um, I love Kay. Yeah. Kay and Jovan, I was staying with them. So, okay. Yeah. That's a good start. Yeah. I, I, let me tell you when I say like this whole move was uncomfortable, but the people along the way have made these things so comfortable for me. That is a big difference to have people by your side, like Moon, Lathan, um, Sierra, which is Lathan's girlfriend. Um, she's actually my roommate now, which, which is crazy. So yeah. Um, then I ended up just coming out here, you know, but I just needed to grow from where I was at in Texas. So, but what I hear you talking about is that you really are already doing into intuitive journaling. You're really self-examining. You're pushing yourself to the limit, but your your pros and cons journaling. I mean that those are classic skills that somebody who really wants to dig deep within themselves they're self-disciplined. So you it, nobody's going to make you write things down and really dig and open up wounds and and yeah. think. So you know what makes you do that. Well, besides the fact, if you're good friends with Moon, he does that. And yes. so it kind of. <laughs> yeah. How do you get along? Yeah. Yeah. Let's um, go sit in the woods together and write. Yeah. Just so, write. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I've always just, I figured that could be like a little escape thing for me. And I realized I feel better doing it. Something as simple as like fixing your bed as soon as you wake up. Right. Um, I was explaining this to someone. If I don't fix my bed, I know. The rest of my day will be messed up. Moon says the same thing. So um, I similar. believe I recall him saying, <laughs> if you We're make your bed one. and maybe his mother said this, um, yes. you know, if you make your bed, yeah. then you've yeah. done one thing well and successful in your day. Yes. That's my best friend, his mom. Like yeah. I, we literally she's a sweetheart. Best. Yes. Um, she called me the other week. I was in uh, was about a, about a month or so ago uh-huh. and I recognized that it was a, a Georgia number. So I answered Georgia, Arizona. Uh-huh. You know, those are the numbers that if somebody calls me, I know that it probably has something to do with a kid. For sure. And um, so she calls and she goes, I was just thinking about you. And I have learned when I think about somebody call them. Yes. And I thought, yes, that's a good life skill right there. You want to know something crazy? When my car got broken into, Moon called me and he said, he called me as soon as I found out and I was crying. He was like, what's wrong? I was like, my car got broken into. He was like, oh my God, like certain timings like that. Yeah. yeah. When you call them, it's, it's a, it's a sign, you know, they know Um, they need to be talking to you. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But. I, I think like with journaling, it definitely helps me feel great. And this is another thing. I may not always have time to journal, but that's why I do the three things that I'm grateful for. And um, when I, when I go to bed or when I wake up, I, if you go on my story, I'm always posting like quotes, motivational quotes, not necessarily even motivational, but just things that you should pay attention to that, you know, that are little hints, like, you know, just maybe do this or do that or are you lacking in this in your life yeah. you know? um and 
you know, healing, healing comes from within everything that you, you know, I, I say that all the time. If you're outside, your outside world is not going to be um, as clear if your inside isn't right. Um, so I think that that helps me, helps keeps me grounded. And if I not, if I don't have time to journal, um, like I said, I do that app. I just write three things, even on my notes, yeah. but physically writing it makes a big difference. But also I like to just breathe. Like if yeah. I go through some situation, I just breathe, just take a deep breath and then, all right, I'm good. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Tell me, Caitlin, what a day looks like for you well, today, <laughs> you know, like, like tomorrow, a Monday, what, what yeah. is a typical day for Caitlin yeah. look like these days? Okay. Um, have you heard of decadent dessert bar? Decadent yeah. Bar? Yeah. yeah. Cole goes there every day. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, he's so funny. Yeah. I, um, I work at both locations, but I'm mainly in the Macon location. Um, which is funny. I live in Perry now, so yeah, I you like, do some driving. Yeah, I do. Um, but I, I like it. It gives me some time to, to just mm-hmm. ground myself a little bit. So I go to work six in the morning (laughs) and then, uh, work until three drive home sometimes real quick and like go change. Um, cause we won't get our schedule for the kids class until that Monday. So I don't really have time to uh, get my clothes. That's why it's, you know, I just have to adjust accordingly. So then I go help teach the kids class. I'm one of the instructors at Miller martial arts, um, teach the kids. And then do my training and I don't get home till like maybe 10 sometimes and it gets tiring. And I think that's why I really like to um, tap into just three things that I'm grateful for or uh, tell myself uh, you're living a great life. This is what you asked for. I tell myself that all the time. This is what you asked for. This is what you want. This is what you asked for. This is what you're getting. So you wanted to move to Georgia. Here you are living your lifestyle. So um Eventually I want to get to a point where I can train full time, um, and just train coach and train. But I, I, I definitely respect and understand the fact that these are stepping stones. And then I kind of have like a me day, like me and Sierra will either do something or I like to read or, uh, right now I'm practicing, uh, I'm studying, uh, Scandinavian runic alphabet right now. <laughs> Why? That doesn't even. Oh, I just I love learning stuff. Wow. Like, Amun makes fun of me because like I know like different languages, like all this. I always want to learn something. But yeah, I don't think he has room to make fun though because I think he I reaches outside the box too. That's what I said. Yeah. So, all right, where do you yeah. see it going for Killer K? <laughs> where do I see it going? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be great. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a champion. I'm going to be the best. Um, and I'm, I'm saying that to my future self, because I know that I have everything that I need to, to get there. And I always tell people to tell themselves this, everything and all that you need is already within you. And I, I tell myself that all the time in my mirror, in Sharpie, not Sharpie, a uh, dry race, I write, you are a champion. And I always, I always look at it and I say it, um, but I know I'm going to be successful. My next fight, um, 
Oh, wow. We didn't even, we didn't even talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that. Go down that road yeah. for me. Yeah. My, um, my next fight, um, I would like for it to be my pro debut, um, but we've definitely had some offers uh, for some title fights, which is, which is okay. But I've had some injuries uh, that I had to deal with um, from last February on my birthday. I got injured on my birthday last February. And I didn't get it checked out. My old gym, we kind of just worked through some injuries. Like whenever we got injured, just like go, go, go. And I thought I had some fight offers um, that we're going to go through, but didn't. And then it was just the injuries were just getting bad. And when I trained under Cole, like I trained with Cole February, I was wearing a knee brace, came back in April, still wearing a knee brace and then came back. He was like, we need to figure out what's going on. And we had to, we had to pull out of a fight. It was an amateur fight for NFC. You got to think long-term it's, yes. it's not a short, short run yes. game. Yeah. And I've heard the mouths of Lathan and Amun and, and Cole and Jesse and all of them. And they, even, even with this, cause me and Amun were the same camp uh not the same camp but he fought he was gonna fight a week after me but we were training together there were times like my injuries like I was like ow like you know what I mean I was like oh gosh and it would just be really bad and then Lathan said okay as a friend he's like now I'm talking to you as a friend not a coach he was like how do you feel about taking this fight and when you're training here's training when you're in camp it's like elevated now don't get me wrong we train all the time like we have camp but when it's camp you know there's no room for yeah it's different anything. yeah so i was struggling to even train regularly so that's yeah. when i knew like oh no like with the guidance of like you know my coaches and and friends you know they've definitely um they've definitely helped me you know like you know strengthen the muscles around it stuff like that yeah, yeah. Now, now i feel good so just yeah. trying to stay healthy and be in a position to where I can, uh, I can fight and not have to worry about anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, you are coming into a fight scene with some skills. I mean, from the figure <laughs> skating moves yeah. to the, the wrestling to the, you're coming where a lot of people haven't, they don't even have that <laughs> on their radar of being a right. part of their game. Right. And some of those moves, I mean, the flexibility and yeah, and okay. um, yeah, wow. They, wow, they talk about that all the time. They're like, you're so flexible. Like, I bet it about- makes them mad. You get out of a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get out they're of like, something because you can move away. They don't even know the body's supposed to. For sure, they're like your spine does like this. Yeah, and, this. and uh, yeah, yeah. I think it works out in my favor. Even figure skating, you know, like the spinning stuff and like yeah, you know, that, that stuff is great but that is well wait Caitlin we've been all over the board talking about all kinds of things um Uh I want to kind of start wrapping up but I want to say what would you tell your 15 year old self um that you are strong and resilient and I'm so happy that you didn't give up and to love yourself and to know that you are loved um just all around the board, you are loved and you are strong. So, um, resilience is a big, is a big thing, you know? So what would you tell a young girl who is thinking MMA, who's thinking, I'm scared to do that. I'm a little intimidated. It's not really a big 
um, women's sport. So what do you, what do you tell that, that young lady? Um, there's always fear in the unknown, right? Um, just don't be, don't be, be fearless, be fearless and don't be afraid of anything. You are strong and you are resilient. And I always say that every time you, and everything that you have and everything that you need is all within you, you know? So, um, that could go for anything. MMA, you know, with mixed martial arts, just try it, try it. If you don't like it, then do something else, you know, but you won't know until you try and just love what you do. Love anything that you do. If you don't have that spark, if you don't have that, that, that thing that gets you going, that little fire, you know, that little smoke coming out, the sparks of fire, then, um, you know, you'll, you'll know, you'll just, you'll know. So, yeah, that's good. Um, all right. If you had a superpower, you had that superpower <laughs> for one day, 24 oh, hours, gosh, 24 hours, what would your superpower be? How would you use it personally or professionally? And oh why God. would that be your choice? I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah. I've been saying this for the last couple of years. I just, I want to be a, I want to be a healer. And that's not really like a crazy superpower, but I want to be a healer for people. I want to be able to take the pain from someone and have them know that, uh, you know, kind of just take that pain away from someone I really feel like the emotions of people. So like people who are sick, people who, um, you know, all that stuff. In fact, I'm going to make fun of me because I'm a crier. I cry all the time, in like movies or happy things, but I just want to heal people and take away people's worries and just heal people. If I could, my superpower, if I could go to like a hospital or something or help homeless people and all that stuff. Like if there was a way, if I had the money, maybe make money to, to help them or I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of like what I'm gearing towards. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it. All right, Caitlin, yeah. if somebody wants to get in touch with you or follow you, yeah. how do they do that? Yeah. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Caitlin Nick Dow. It's going to be K-A-T-E-L-Y-N. And then my last name is Nick Dow, N-I-C-D-A-O. And then my Instagram is Killa K M M A. It's K-I-L-L-A. And then the letter K and then M-M-A. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You got anything coming up people need to watch for? Pay attention to probably the middle of the middle of the year. Okay. Say pay attention to the middle of the year and just be ready for some fireworks because there will be so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they need to start following you now. So they see yeah. that build up. Well, thank you very, very much. Thank you so much. Find Stacked Keys podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes or anywhere you get your favorite podcast, listen. You'll laugh out loud, you'll cry a little, you'll find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it from family to philosophy to work to meal prep to beautifully surviving life. 
And hey, if I could ask a big favor of you, go to iTunes and give us a five rating. The more people who rate us, the more we get this podcast out there. Thanks. I appreciate it. 